Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. All right, open up your Bible. I want to share with you about hearing God. I know you're in a series about making decisions. And the story and the scripture that I'm going to share with you this morning literally changed the course of my life. I mean, literally, it changed me from going that way to going this way. And my life has been radically, supernaturally changed because early in my life, my mom especially taught me through the scriptures and through prayer how to hear God's voice. And we cannot become fully formed, fully mature followers of Jesus unless we learn to listen to the voice of the shepherd. Does someone agree with me this morning? So I want to share with you a story out of 1 Samuel about a little boy who had been dropped off at church. Hannah made a deal with God, his mother. This, Hannah said, if you will give me a son, I will let him serve the Lord. Now, I just want to tell you up front that we no longer do this, okay? So if you brought a child to church today, please take as many children as you brought home with you, okay? We are not accepting children under, under many circumstances, all right? But in this case, Samuel has been dropped off at the church, and he's living with a guy named Eli, the priest of the temple, and he is having a hard time sleeping because God is trying to get his attention. Now, Eli uh, didn't know at the time, but Samuel would become the most pro- important prophetic voice in the history of Israel. This little boy, this little scruffy little boy, this little nondescript, unimportant little boy that was sleeping in the temple would pour oil on two king's heads. He would proclaim the word of God to the entire nation. He was about to become the most powerful and important voice in the history of Israel. But before he could make those kinds of choices, he had to first learn to hear the word of the Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you this story. We're going to read a lot here. Is it okay to read a lot of the Bible here? All right, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, it says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, and in those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions, and it wasn't because God wasn't speaking. It was because people weren't listening. I want you to hear something this morning. Don't ever doubt God is speaking. Oftentimes, most of the time, it's because we're not dialed in, tuned in. That's the reason we're not hearing God's voice. He says the word of the Lord was, not, was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. Now, I'm 52 years old. My kids are older now. But we had kids in our early 30s. We were a little old when we started having children. And let me just tell you something. A good night's sleep is a gift from the Lord. And I believe Eli gets a bad rap here because he gets awakened by a a kid in the middle of the night. Come on, some of you had this happen last night and you're not feeling very spiritual right now, so I'm here to encourage you. It says, the lamp of God, verse three, the lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Now think about this just for a moment. Samuel is lying in the temple next to the ark of the covenant, the most holy place place 
in Israel is where he had his bed. I want you to hear something, though, that it's possible to be in holy places and not hear the holy God. It's it's possible to come to a holy gathering like this church service and come to small groups and be a part of worship nights and still our ears are not tuned to hear the voice of the Lord. So Samuel was in the perfect location alongside the most holy artifact in the nation of Israel, but he was not hearing God. Then the Lord called Samuel and Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, did you call me? So he's not recognizing God's voice yet. And Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. This is the second time he's now, uh, he's woke up Eli. And he says, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. If you wake me up again, I'm gonna break a leg. Verse seven, that's not in the Bible, but I guarantee you he was thinking it. Verse seven, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, but he's in a holy place. He's in church. He's next to the artifact, the presence of God. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel a third time and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. If he calls you, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place and the Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times. And notice here that he repeats Samuel's name. He says, Samuel, Samuel. That's the first time that he's repeated his name. And Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. I don't know how many of you grew up believing that God would speak to you. I don't know how many of you believe that God, the holy God, the creator of the heaven and the earth, the master of the universe, would take time out of his busy schedule to speak directly into your life. But one of the benefits of growing up in a Pentecostal home like I did is we believed that God was present, that God would speak, that we could hear his voice. And as a little boy, early in my life, I realized that God was not far away from me, but God was near to me. And one of the great pleasures I had as a little boy growing up in little assemblies of God churches in North Louisiana is that I felt God was right there by me, right there with me, always wanting to speak to me. In fact, Eugene Peterson says that God speaks is the basic reality of our biblical faith. And I want you to notice that in Genesis chapter one, if you open up your Bible, past the table of contents and where your grandmother signed it, the very first account, Genesis chapter one, is the story of a speaking God. It says the spirit was hovering over the dark of the deep. Let there be light. God was speaking over creation. God was commanding the universe to be formed. He was commanding things. So right off the bat, Genesis chapter one, we are introduced to a speaking God. If you go to the end of your Bible in Revelation chapter 22, the very last chapter of your Bible, the last thing we get in the story of the Bible is God reminding us, I am coming soon. 
So the Bible opens up with this dramatic speaking God, and the Bible ends in Revelation chapter 22 with God reminding us, I am coming soon. So the Bible starts with a speaking God. The Bible ends with a speaking God. I believe God wants to speak. God wants to speak to his people. He wants us to be the sheep, the sheep of his pasture. He wants to be our shepherd. So I want to tell you a few things here this morning, just a couple of things. If this is new to you, or maybe like me, you've been following the Lord for a long time, I need to be reminded of this. I believe we are living in a time in our country, a season right now in the history of the world where there has never been a more important time for Christians to have ears to hear. We need to have ears to hear. We need to awaken out of our slumber. We need to have our eyes wide open. We need to have eyes to see and ears to hear. We need to have a mind to understand and a heart to believe all that God's saying and all that God's doing. Can I hear amen from someone this morning? So let me give you four things this morning, really practical things, but things to remind us. Number one is that the word of the Lord is always personal. I want you to notice verse four, that the Lord called Samuel. I don't know if you've ever been told this, but God knows who you are. The Bible says that while you're in the womb of your mother, that he is the one that knit you together in the womb of your mother. You are not a cosmic accident. You're not a universal mistake. You're not just a pile of tissue that God has forgotten. God knows who you are. God knows your name. God knows your condition. He understands your thoughts. So that's good and bad. I'm just telling you, he knows them though. You can't hide from God. You are in the palm of his hand. If you have followed him, if you have given your life to Christ, Jesus said, you're in the palm of my father's hands. You are been, you've been placed there. He knows you. He cares about you. And the enemy has come to tell us that we have been forgotten, that we're a nobody that God has written you off, that God has canceled his plans for you, and that is one of the great lies of our day. Jesus came to die for all the world, and he came to die for you. He was resurrected for you. He has been ascended to the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you. He knows your name. He knows your address. He knows your condition. He knows your past. He knows your day. He knows your future. He knows who you are. He understands you. He cares deeply about you. He knows who you are. The word of the Lord is always personal. Here's the second thing is that the word of the Lord is revealed. It says in, in verse 10, it says that, that the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. That, that there was a revelation that had to happen. And there comes a moment in all of our lives where we hear God's voice for the very first time. I'm 52 years old. I know that's shocking to you because I look so young. Thank you so much. I saw the surprise look on your face when I said that. There's no way that guy is 52. He should be about 62 maybe, but not 52. I saw that look. But I'm 52 years old, so I'm, I'm guessing, okay, with pretty accuracy. I, I, th I think I'm halfway to the end. <laughs> I think I'm at halftime. And I remember about uh, when I turned 50, the morning of my birthday, I woke up laying in bed, I get up pretty early, and the Lord said to me, Brady, what do you want from me? 
Now, he hasn't asked me that many times in my life, but on my 50th birthday, I just felt like I was having a, a conversation with God. He said, Brady, what do you want from me? And here's what I said back to the Lord. I want to always hear your voice. I don't know how many of you in this room have been following the Lord a long time like I have, but you know, it's possible to get bored. It's possible to lose your sense of awe, of wonder, marvel at who God is. Sometimes we can get really complacent and fat and lazy with our faith, and it's easy sometimes to just get into a habit of doing things for God but not knowing who God is anymore. And I just said to the Lord, I, don't want, I want to always hear your voice. I want to know who you are. And now he reminded me in that moment, that morning, of a prayer that the church has been praying for, as best we can tell, about 17, 1800 years. We can trace this three-word prayer back to the early church fathers. And he reminded me that morning of this prayer, and literally every morning for the last two and a half years, in fact, this morning, I woke up really early in the hotel room, and before my feet touched the floor, before I looked at my phone, before I did anything, I prayed this three-word prayer this morning. And I have prayed this three-word prayer for a long time now, two and a half years. I've taught my church to pray this three-word prayer. You want to hear it? Come, Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not here to get into a theological argument because I don't think the Holy Spirit's ever left me. I'm not saying that, that I have to beg the Holy Spirit to come near. That's not that what the purpose of that prayer is. Actually, the purpose of that prayer is to remind me of how much I need the Holy Spirit. And for 17, 1800 years, certain segments of the Christian faith have learned to start and end their day by praying, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I know that it's easy for me to drift away from you. I am so desperate and hungry for you. You are right here with me. But if I don't recognize your nearness, if I don't embrace your nearness in my life, I can go the whole day and do the work of ministry without the help of the Holy Spirit. And that's exhausting. But when I embrace the fullness of the right now power of the Holy Spirit, something happens in my life. It transforms the way I work my day. It transforms the way I speak to my wife. It helps me pastor. It helps me be a husband and a father. The power of the Holy Spirit is an ever-present help. But we have to welcome its work. We have to invite the Holy Spirit to participate in the days of our life. Come, Holy Spirit. The third thing is that the word of the Lord requires help from others. I want you to look at verse eight. It says, then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. One of the most dangerous things we do is trying, is I believe that the, especially American Christians, we're determined to live out our faith independent from others. When the Christian faith was always designed to be lived alongside a community of people. And let me just tell you, sometimes the reason we're not hearing the voice of the Lord because we've not invited wise counsel into our lives. About half the time, God speaks to me through the voice of my wife. In fact, I can't tell the difference between God's voice and my wife's voice. I've been married 30 years to the same girl, and I still like her. And she's watching online right now. I like her. Can't wait to see her tonight. Well, let me just tell you something. One of the powers, one of the benefits of being married to someone for 30 years is that we begin to hear the voice of the Lord for one another. 
And I have older men, older men and women in my life that when I am stuck, when I am finding my place, at a, at, when I'm at an intersection in my life, God has blessed me with elderly, older, wiser people that I can go to and I can submit what I'm hearing. Listen, all of you under the age of 30, listen to me. Find some gray hair. It may be silver, it may be chrome, it may be gray, whatever you want to call it. But listen, if you're under the age of 30, find someone who's been following the Lord all the days of their life. You buy them coffee and you ask them questions. I'm telling you, it will save you a decade of misery if you will find some wise counsel in your life and submit yourself to their counsel. Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And by the way, they don't have to be perfect people. Eli was far from perfect. If you're looking for perfect people to speak into your life, good luck with that. I'm talking about experienced people. There's plenty of experienced people in the room. Very few perfect people in the room. But if you'll find someone who's followed the path longer than you, who've gone down the way a little longer than you, and ask them to affirm and confirm the voice of the Lord in your life. Here's the fourth thing when I read this story is that the word of the Lord is heard by listeners. It says, verse 10, it says, speak, for your servant is listening. Oftentimes we don't hear God's voice because we're not listening for God's voice. God's voice is not primary in our lives. I wanna tell you a story now, again, I'm 52 years old, so Back when I was in high school, 16, 17, 18 years old, there we, all we had were rotary dial phones. Remember the rotary dial phones? So if you had a lot of nines and eights in your number, nobody called you because it was too much work, right? You're like, remember that? Remember rotary dial phones? All right, so, and the thing about rotary dial phones is there was no caller ID. Now I met Pam when I was 19 years old. She was 18 years old. And now I, I'm, she doesn't mind me telling this story, but when I first met Pam, she was not the only girl that I was interested in. That was then. She's the only girl I'm interested in now, all right? I just want to make sure I understand this. But when I first met her, she was not the only girl I was interested in. And I remember that when she would call me, there was no caller ID. So when you picked up the phone, it could be anybody. It could be the IRS, your drunk uncle. It could be anybody. Remember when the phone would ring and you had no idea who was calling? You had no idea. So I remember Pam would say, I'm going to call you tonight. That kind of a vague time, okay? I'm going to call you tonight. So when the phone would ring, I had about four or five seconds to recognize her voice or I'm in trouble if I called her by the wrong name. Trouble would come. So I remember I was interested in Pam and I was trying to learn to recognize her voice. It didn't take long for me to learn to recognize her voice. You know why? Because we talked all the time. And over time, if she were to call me right now on a rotary phone, after 33 years as my girlfriend, I promise you, it would not take me but a split second to know it's my wife who is calling me because we talk every single day. The reason that we're not hearing God's voice is because God's voice has not become 
important to us, primary to us, exclusive to us. We will never hear God unless you first get to know God. Now, I have a a 21-year-old son who's with me today, Abram, and my my, my soon-to-be 19-year-old daughter, and one of the great questions they have, because now they're out of the house, they're at college, they're making big decisions. One of the big qu- uh, things they ask me, Dad, I want to hear God's voice like you hear God's voice. I, mean, I said, let me tell you something. That's 30 years of conversations that I've had with the Lord. And early on, I had the same troubling questions that a lot of people have. Well, what if I'm not hearing God? What if I'm hearing, what if it's me? What if, listen, here's what I've told my kids. The way I heard, learned to hear God's voice was to open up the Psalms, okay? Open up the Bible, read the 23rd Psalm, and pray it back to God. Read it out loud. Don't read it to yourself. Read it out loud as if God were speaking to you, and then pray back the Scriptures to God. And that way, the conversation begins to happen. The Lord is my shepherd. Father, thank you that you are my shepherd. And I shall not want. You make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside still waters. You restore my soul. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. Father, I thank you that you're speaking to me. You're my shepherd. You're walking with me through the valley. Now, if you'll do this for several years, and if you are hungry to hear God's voice, then when God comes to whisper to you, You are familiar with what God would say to you because you have heard him speak through his gloriously articulate, constantly inspired scriptures. That's how you hear God's voice. You read what he's already said to you and you learn over time to discern and know how and what God would say to you because he's already spoken to us. Thousands of passages he's written to us. So when you're hungry for God's word, when you're listening as you read the scriptures over time, you'll begin to have these conversations with God that make sense to you. That's how I've learned to hear God's voice over these years. And it radically changed my life. And I want to tell you this story, okay? Because I felt, I prayed this morning. I really, I don't think I've shared this story very often. But when Pam and I were in our 20s, we moved from Louisiana out to West Texas. And I was not in pastoral ministry. I was taking a break from pastoral ministry. I'd been wounded and hurt, and I really needed to be healed. And so I was in radio and television. And a a television station, a radio station out there hired me, and I moved from North Louisiana, Shreveport, out to Amarillo, Texas, to work for a broadcast company out there. And after a couple of years, Pam and I, we didn't know anyone out there. And we're, we're Louisiana people, and we were very lonely. We had met some friends out there. We really enjoyed Amarillo, Texas, but we were ready to move back to Louisiana. Both of our parents lived here. Our, our moms and dads lived here. Uh, this, it's better food here. I mean, it's just a lot of things, all right? So we were really ready to move back to Louisiana, and out of nowhere, a television station in West Monroe called me and said, hey, Brady, we've heard about you. We know you're from Louisiana. We want to make you a job offer. Now, Pam and I didn't have any children at the time. Pam and I had gone through a long season of infertility. We couldn't have children. Uh, the doctors told us there was no hope for us to have children. And so we, we were just ready to move back home and be close to family. We've got all this bad news. Out of nowhere, this television station in West Monroe, Louisiana calls me. They offer me more money 
more opportunities than I'd ever had in my life. I was 27 years, or no, I was uh, 28 years old at the time. And it was more money than I'd ever made in my life. I couldn't believe, I, they're on the phone telling me the details of the offer. And I'm a young guy and no kids. Pam and I were footloose and fancy free. We could move anywhere in the country we wanted, but this was a chance to move back 25 minutes from both of our parents. And I'm literally on the phone writing down the details of the offer the guy's making me, and Pam's watching it. We're at our kitchen table. She couldn't believe it. We're like, ah, this is God. This has got to be God, right? This is, this is God allowing us to go back home to Louisiana. I got off the phone. I, t- I told the guy, I said, listen, uh, he knew I was a Christian. I said, listen, I'm a Christ follower. I need to pray about this overnight. I need to talk to some people in my life. I said, I'll let you know in the morning. He goes, great. Hung up the phone knowing I was going back home. Knowing. And I told Pam, I said, Pam, this is God. This has to be God, right? And I said, I just need to go out for a walk. Now, what I'm about to tell you is absolutely what happened. This is, I'm telling you exactly what happened, okay? I walked out of the front porch, took one step on the front steps, and God said, no. I was stunned. I mean, I, was, I literally froze on the front porch of my of house. And the Lord said, no. I mean, God's yelling at me. What about that still small voice stuff, right? <laughs> I remember just standing there and all, I don't know if you've had these moments where all of the, you're, you just get flush. Like everything, all the life leaves your body. Something so traumatic happens in your life. And I, I, I was overwhelmed how strongly God had spoken to me in that moment. So I walked back in the house. I mean, I'd been gone like four minutes. And Pam said, I thought you went for a walk. I said, well, you don't get a body like this for walking more than four minutes, right? I mean, so you don't. So I walked back in the house. I didn't say that. But I said to her, I said, I just heard the Lord about this. She said, well, you were gone four minutes. I said, Pam, I heard a really strong no from God. She goes, what? Now, listen, I've had God yelling at me. Now I got Pam yelling at me. She goes, what are you talking about? You heard no? Do you see the offer? You see the opportunity? We get to move back to Louisiana. Are you kidding me? What are you talking about? I said, Pam, I'm just asking you, would you just pray? And we joined hands and we prayed. And all that night we wrestled with God. But when we woke up, both of us had this unbelievable peace that we had heard the Lord. And I picked up the phone and made the hardest phone call I've ever made in my life. Really, the hardest phone call I've ever made in my life. I had to call the guy at the TV station and say, I am so sorry. I can't, I can't take your offer. He couldn't believe it. What are you talking about? Had to, we had to call both of our parents. That's hard. I had to call my mom and my dad and say, we're not moving back. She had to call her parents. We're not moving back right now. That was in the summer of 1998. In October of 1998, a single mother who was six months pregnant walked up to us and said, I don't know why, but I was out mowing my yard. Now, this is, she's six months pregnant, and she's mowed, with a push mower. She's mowing your yard. So this is, these are Texas tough women, right? So she said, she said, I don't know why, but I'm supposed, this baby that I'm carrying, I can't raise this child. I know I can't. Would you and Pam pray about adopting this little boy? It's a little boy. And I said, let me pray about it. Yes. 
Well, he's sitting right there, right now. There's Abram right there. I know the question you have, well, couldn't God give you kids if you knew back to Louisiana? Yes, God can do all that. I just know that in that moment, the Lord had something greater for me than I could see. And I may have missed one of the great blessings of my life I've had I not learned to hear God's voice. If you want to grow up, if you want to fully develop in your walk with Jesus, I want you to make it your lifelong passion to tune in, to dial in to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you. 25 months later, another single mother had walked up to me. Now, Pam and I had been praying very specifically for a little girl with red curly hair and blue eyes. I think I've shared this story with you before. And a mom walked up to me. She was 19 years old. She was pregnant, nine months pregnant. And a month later, we brought home a little girl with red curly hair and blue eyes. And she's about to be 19 years old. She's an absolute joy to her mother and I. I think we, at some point we have to believe that God has better plans for us than we can imagine on our own. And when Jesus, the, one of the last things he said to his disciples, John chapter 10, verse 27, is that my sheep listen to my voice. I know them. I know who you are. Jesus said, I know who you are. And my sheep will listen for me. My sheep will know my voice. I know them and my sheep will follow me. Listen, I'm, I'm just here this morning to invite you into the most glorious adventure you've ever had in your life. To hear God, to know God, to follow God is the greatest adventure I've ever had in my life. And it started for me like it started for Samuel as a little boy, learning to dial in, learning to trust learning to hear God, hear, reading those scriptures, allowing God to let that soak into my heart, my mind, and my soul. This morning, I'm here to pray for you. Some of you are at a really big intersection. I had this strong impression that so many of you are trying to hear God's voice. You're wanting it. This, what I've said to you this morning, you, it's yes and amen. Yes, God. Yes, God. I want to hear God's voice. Here's the key. Make God's voice exclusive. You have to say to God, there is nothing more important in my life than hearing you and obeying you. It's that simple and that complex. If you're going to make God one of the options, you, then you're always going to struggle to hear God's voice. But when you make God exclusive, when God is the only source when God becomes that important in your life, when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. You will know God. And this is the moment this morning where you have to say, God, you are exclusive to me. There is not one thing more important in my life than hearing the voice of the Lord. If that's you this morning, I'm here to pray for you. If you're that hungry, if you're not hungry, you won't hear him. But when you become hungry for God, he will come and feel every desire that you have for him. He will not hold one thing back from you. God's not mad at you. Listen very carefully to me, okay? God is not 
mad at you. He wants to talk to you. And there's not one exception in this room. There's not one person in this room that's an exception to that. God created you. God died for you. God was resurrected for you. And God wants to speak to you. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.